Welcome to the cage, my friends, for your tightest coverage of UFC, Bellator, and all things mixed martial arts for fans new and old. This is the Better Fight Cast. <laughs> Leading today's schooling will be our resident MMA historian, Joe Newbauer at Jono's MMA. Demetrius Johnson won the fan-voted ESPY over Conor McGregor. Really? Yeah, I know. He's been living and breathing mixed martial arts since he was a kid scouring venue store shelves for Pride VHS tapes. To help me bridge the gap between fans new and old, Gabrielle Tambouin at Gabby underscore T. Somebody at this table is getting called out in my week. Is somewhere between a historian and a rookie like myself. I am Matt Crocomo Jr. at Matthew J. Better, a credentialed writer, certified personal trainer, and student of comedy. Well, Joe, where shall the schooling begin today? Very simple. It's what everybody's been talking about all week. Was there anything going on? I'm going to call it one of the best weeks ever for uh, combat sports history as the main Mac World Tour took on all week. Now, we covered day one last week, but right now we can sit down and kind of analyze and break down everything from the four-day fiasco. Superman vs. Spider-Man is on the road now, or, or I guess it was on the road last week, and it was a spectacle. <laughs> I mean, this thing is hitting heights I've never seen before. I mean, from social media impressions alone, this thing is absolutely through the roof and off the charts. I've never seen anything like it. I don't think we're ever again going to see anything like it. No. Connor would definitely have to be involved, but this thing has just been jaw-dropping, and, and I'm just amazed at the level of success and heights of popularity this contest is producing it's absolutely remarkable just crazy four days that's all i heard about everywhere i went it doesn't matter i was listening to people on street corners i was at the barbershop whether i was just working whether i was sitting at a restaurant listening to the booth next to me and this is all real situations i'm talking about everybody people you wouldn't even expect is talking about conor mcgregor versus floyd mayweather jr I still think it has taken over the whole game, MMA or boxing. I think everybody's going to suffer until that fight happens. I really genuinely do. I think that's what everybody is interested in and everybody is zeroed in on, and it's just taken over everything. Well, baseball's going to suffer, but baseball deserves it for making oh, us no. suffer. The biggest thing about this fight and the timing, August 26th, right? There's yes. no other sports going on. There isn't. They, I mean, this is... Unless you count baseball as a sport. From all legs of this thing, it just looks like a home run, a slam dunk. This is a grand slam. I mean, there's nothing that compares to it, and the timing of it is beautiful. There's no football. There's no NBA. Mm. I mean, baseball is in their th the beginning of their third quarter of the season. Yeah, it's actually a, it a nice, kind of a nice little lull. Like yeah. everybody's, everybody's kind of tired of it. It is so <laughs> refreshing at a time when everybody needs something in the sports world to talk about. This is it. This is your answer. And I think it's going to smash and break every single record that has ever been done in the sports game. Whether it's payouts, whether it's attendance, whether it's gate, whether it's you know viewers, pay-per-view buys, everything from top to bottom. Everybody is going to make more money than they have ever seen mm -hmm. in their life. This whole phenomenon is a force of nature. It's a monsoon. It's, this is crazy. It's mm -hmm. just crazy. It really is Before, surreal. I mean, it's, they, and nobody could ever reach these heights again. You, there's no two people you could put together, I think. And what about how beloved Conor McGregor is? Yeah. I mean, and the UFC. I've heard UFC chants in the beginning of pretty much every oh, press yeah. conference. That's, Dana White getting huge ovations. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, guys. No, that's one of the things I love about all this is how much attention it's bringing to uh, MMA, the whole MMA world and the UFC and everything. It's I mean, bringing it more fans like, into the sport. feels like MMA has taken over. 
-hmm. Everybody is so rooting for Conor McGregor, the underdog, the MMA guy, going into the old school platform, which always dominated combat sports until the UFC came around in the world of boxing to challenge their best ever. It's... It's, Yeah. The storylines are definitely there. He was cheered more in all four cities. Yes, absolutely. By a mile. It wasn't even close. I mean, the difference, I think think Mayweather had some people that liked him in Brooklyn, and it was was like 5%. Was he wearing a suit in New York, or was he wearing the fur and no shirt? New New York, York. he wore the fur. Okay. One thing I want to break down first. Okay, first, of course, the Mayweather (laughs) tour. One thing I want to start on. Once we start talking furs, it's time to get down a bit. It's time to get down. Let's, Let's break this this world tour down because this is nothing I have ever seen before. He's got, first, he's got his roles is from 2012. We first rolled into Los Angeles and the only thing talked about that was the FU suit. It was the number one viral thing, the number one thing going on. People said Floyd Mayweather beat Conor McGregor in the verbal spar, whatever that means. And of course, for those of you that don't know, the FU suit is the pinstripes on Conor's first suit for the press tour. The pinstripes were lettering of fu all the way down so we leave <laughs> los angeles over it so we leave los angeles and we go to toronto People and what i am calling right now and i think everybody toronto. else is too the best press conference ever done in the history of combat sports or any sport period i was lucky enough to it watch was dubbed. that one live that was the only one i got to wa- i think i watched Got to watch live. He was wearing through. like the blue gray suit. Yep. And he had on the, the, the tan buckled shoes, right? And that it was, was that one. it was dubbed the flag versus the bag. Oh, you could not God. have scripted this one that any better. That one. That's okay. that happened. And there. of course, after that, yes. your expectations are so high. They roll into Brooklyn, New York on the third day of the tour. And a lot of people were underwhelmed by the Brooklyn stop, but I still thought it was very entertaining and. Controversy creates cash. There was a lot of controversial things coming out of Brooklyn. Why? Just form Voltron, if you're familiar with that term, when Floyd Mayweather screamed form Voltron, and they made that pretty much, the best way I can describe it is they made an offensive line for Floyd Mayweather, and he started running up and down the ramp, and he was playing quarterback. And it was like, I don't, I don't know what it was. The fans were doing that or his no, entourage? No, okay. his entourage. You have to see it to believe it. It was a very, you felt like craziness was going to happen any second. I felt like watching it, I felt for Mr. Dana White as he looked scared. He was afraid that something was going to happen. Because when those four Jersey Shore goons ran over there and, and formed that line, formed Voltron, Conor McGregor's team of Dylan Dennis, his striking coach Owen Roddy, and his main training partner oh, Artem Lobov ran over. I heard about this. Yeah, right in. Well, the those league. those guys would have been able to destroy them. I think so. Brendan, but those, well, those Brendan, guys Brendan, that were bodyguards were huge. Brendan Schaub <laughs> was saying like he knows those guys. According to him, those guys would have had no. No, trouble I agree with Brendan Schaub. Them. I agree. But you but, don't want that to ha- to, to come to that. Yeah, in the heat of a moment, I don't know. One they thing wanna, I will say they is they want to fight for money, not for free. That right. well, they're taking on guys literally four times their size. Mm-hmm. Artem Lubov is a one hundred and forty-five yeah. pound. It's fighter not going to be UFC. fun. It's not going to be. fun. Yeah, I mean, I do think they would win in a it's one-on-one fight, but it would have been pretty. I mean, I don't know. It wouldn't have lasted long. I mean, there would have been people <laughs> breaking it up. Yeah. But it was pretty oh, surreal. So, so. The, you were talking about, just, I don't know if you're going to get into it, but the, the bag versus the flag, just in case people don't know. At some point during that second stop, that was in Toronto? Yeah, that was Toronto. Floyd took Connor's Irish Ireland flag first, right? And then Connor got his hands on Floyd's backpack? 
Yeah. Is that what happened? That's yeah. What do you got a school bag for? You and can't even just, read. It was, just, it was one of those epic moments you're going to remember forever. I mean, it was just so cool. I what mean, did he, he say? You've got like five grand well, in here? Well, Connor was mad. Yeah. Like, he was afraid Floyd Mayweather was going to deface his flag. Yeah. And that is going too far. Yeah. I don't believe in defacing other countries' flags. Mm-hmm. It is not cool. I don't care what the situation is. You don't yeah. do it's it. It's not a terrible towel. It's different. Your beef with one person doesn't mean you go and disrespect a whole country. It is distasteful and disrespectful. I don't like that type of stuff. But he didn't do anything. This is all Floyd Mayweather being the genius that he is in promotion. So we leave Brooklyn and we have our final day on the leg of this tour in London. And that pretty much just felt like a press conference where Connor was being embraced. Mm. Connor looked very good. It was the last day. We were all ready. I mean, four press conferences in a, in the row. I think it was one. Like how much? You think it was one do? and a half too many? Well, no, no, I don't think right. that because look, the success of the first two was so huge, and I still think the last two were huge. Mm. It's just four days. It, it seemed excessive, but it was still a huge success. All four of them were sold out. Yeah, it's, a, it's good for those areas too to go. You need to go over to like Europe to get that fan base as well, and, even more pumped up for it to buy the fight. Yes, and in my personal opinion, the only reason day four seems so long because going into day three, you were actually pumped and ready for another one. But how do you deliver a better performance in, in a press Toronto. conference than what you did in Toronto? You're not going to surpass it, and you can't plan that. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? That's just fate, and that's what happened. Mm-hmm. It's The planets were lined up yes. just so. I mean, Brooklyn still had a lot of things that happened that people were talking about. Mm-hmm. I have never seen something on social media blow up like this before, ever. I mean, so many people have downloaded and watched the clips and got the gist of it. This is what the world is talking about, and this is what they're going to get on August 26th. I was such a hater of this fight, and now I'm sold to at least see the fight. Everything that's going on around it as far as like this pop star phenomenon... It's just absolutely incredible to watch. Mm. It's It feels like nothing I've ever seen before. Now, when the fight happens, that's going to be a different story. I'm still so unsure and confused on what's going to happen in the actual fight. I, I don't know how to call it. I just don't. I mean, you got a guy going completely out of his element into an element that the other guy is the best ever at. Mm-hmm. As in, Connor's never been in a boxing match, and Floyd Mayweather is the best to ever do boxing. It's kind of weird when you're listening to it like that, but after seeing the press conference and yeah. everything else, like it's how funny. can you yeah, not want to watch it? It's funny. I feel like I'm starting to drink the Kool Aid. Like, oh, maybe Connor. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Like, is Connor really going to knock him out? Like, I you're mean, actually asking maybe, yourself. He sold you. I mean, maybe yeah. at this point, uh, Floyd Mayweather, who is old, is in a division comparable to Demetrius Johnson's division. Yeah. Which is barren. Because he didn't pick all the big fights he avoided Manny Pacquiao mm-hmm. and Manny Pacquiao was a threat and so on and so forth yeah so maybe he's I mean, not untouchable no maybe yeah. he could have it maybe he was a bit of it, could, it could have it I mean they nothing's s- impossible I mean Connor. I just the only thing I'll say about him is he, I've seen how determined he is and just oh, how yeah, it's, he it's is inspiring he really a, is you know it's just very inspiring can't take that away from him but well, I mean look at the fact that they snuck the price out there that's going to be $100 on HD and nobody's complaining no everybody assumed I mean, we assumed, but once we got it, we're like, okay. Everybody assumed. It's okay. Because I think everybody's not just going to be watching it by themselves. This is one of those things I'm already having requests. like socio-cultural phenomenon. Well, the great thing is that this fight, no matter what, for Conor McGregor is going to be a Mm -hmm. win-win. Because if he loses, people aren't going to be hard on him because they didn't expect him to win anyway. And then if he wins, 
that is just like the best moment in uh, combat sports history. Yeah. Well, I'm going to sum it up. My thoughts on the whole world tour was the promotion was very pro wrestling-like as mm-hmm. Showtime did the promotion. And I'm not hating on that. I don't disagree with it. It was yeah. very pro wrestling like with the way they did everything. The way Connor dressed. Very I mean, he wore the FU suit in Los Angeles where he thought Mayweather was going to be more favored. Yeah. And then he wore that polar bear with those funky color pants in Brooklyn where he thought Connor, I mean, Floyd was going to be more favored. Yeah. One of the big surprising things out of this is Connor was favored everywhere. Yeah. It just shows you the superstar he is. Yeah. Universal Pictures just came out the other day and said they are already making a movie. On Conor McGregor. Wow. It's crazy. I've never... I mean, this guy is bigger than MMA. He's bigger than the UFC. He is bigger than, I personally think, everything. And he's on the cusp of greatness. If he somehow knocks out Floyd Mayweather, I'm telling you right now, Conor McGregor is the biggest superstar in anything Mm -hmm. ever. Ever. You're never going to see another one like him. But he has a huge task in front of him. And that's what makes this so amazing. Is because there's no way he can win. He's not supposed to win this. You're not supposed to do this. Mm-hmm. This is not how life works. <laughs> this is not the way it's supposed to go. And he shouldn't win. But after the press conference, when you look in his eyes, when you hear him talk, you can't help but feel a little bit like, you know what? I believe that guy. Mm-hmm. I actually think he might be able to go in there and knock the best ever out. But then your brain has to stop for a second and think, like, he ain't doing it. You can't, yeah, just, there's no way it there's defies an eternal struggle. all logic. If he does, if he does, that's how they end that movie. But the oh, other yeah. thing about it is, oh, oh yeah. Rocky style, are you kidding oh, me? more than Rocky style. That's how they oh. end that movie if he wins. Mm-hmm. I don't know about if he loses, but if he wins, that's how they end that movie. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. We, got, we, got, like, we need to rush this, we need to cut this out. Mm-hmm. We need to get this but thing out by Christmas. The other Hurry. thing I gotta say I got out of that press conference was, I just felt like it was also not only pro wrestling like, but it was just a four day roast of Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. Mm. Just going back and forth. They ran out of material sometimes, but they still had some such great yeah. moments. So many great moments on that thing. From I remember when Floyd was raining the ones on Conor. <laughs> oh, was, their stare down, their stare down, where Floyd's just pointing to Conor's face, and Conor is well, pointing wasn't him to Connor... come towards him calling Floyd's people strippers? Yeah. Was so, that before or after This the was ones? in Brooklyn. So in New York, in Brooklyn, when Connor was sitting there, he pretty much got back at him and said, you're my stripper, and th- started just throwing like ones oh, so in So Connor was throwing the ones at Floyd. No, Floyd was throwing the Floyd ones at Floyd did it Connor. first, and then Connor did it back, I guess, right? No, no. Connor said it first. So Connor said the thing Called about- everybody in his entourage pretty much strippers, so Floyd came out the next night and started throwing ones on him and said, you're my hell. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, okay. okay. That's how it happened. It go. was very genius. Floyd Mayweather was a just... He put on a masterpiece performance in all four of them. I gotta say, Floyd Mayweather is a very smart businessman. None of this is real. This isn't real Yeah, I guess... I, guess, I mean, he's got, a, he's got the hype game... Down so much, he has those catchphrases, which yeah. I didn't, I wasn't aware of. They make it feel real well, after the first day, mm-hmm. which I like. But yeah, you know, he comes down, and he says hard work, and then yell back dedication. Yeah, I mean that's pretty good when you can just go out there and start yelling. He like, yells, All right, I filled twenty five yeah. seconds of my hype. But oh, the other thing I want to say about Conor McGregor, I love how he's taking this brooch. Now, this is one of the most important statements I heard from Conor McGregor that I absolutely love. Also, the talk that he's talking about doing MMA later is here. 
He's picking Khabib in Russia. I don't agree with that. Only if he beats Tony Ferguson. But, you know, I do love that fight if Khabib gets through Tony Ferguson. Not just straight Khabib. Yeah. But I'm not even going to entertain that because it's so hypothetical. But the one thing I do love about Conor's statement was this is only half a fight is what he said about it. He said he's the fighter, Conor McGregor, and that Floyd Mayweather is the boxer. This isn't a real fight. This is not MMA. And I love that. I love that, love that, love that. I don't have to worry about kicks. I don't have to worry about legs. <coughs> Are you kidding me? Like, I love the fact that he's even telling everybody that off a of half a fight, he's going to make the most money ever. Mm-hmm. He doesn't consider this a full fight because it's only boxing. Mm-hmm. And Connor has so much afterwards, whether he win, loses, or draws, that's going to come back on Floyd. Mm-hmm. This is such a cash grab for Floyd. To the point that boxing experts and pugilists, if you notice, you can look it up on social media, everything, they're not even acknowledging this fight. Max Kellerman off ESPN, he stopped acknowledging it. They're not even looking at this fight. They are disgusted by this fight. They hate it. Absolutely hate it. I wonder, I I never thought about this before, but I wonder if that is also, it's just convenient because they don't have to pick this fight. No. Not at all. You know what it is? And I can get it from a, from a point. If I was a boxing expert, say I was in my 50s, because mm. that's what most of them are. I mean, mm. boxing is old school. The past generations aren't ready to let MMA take over. Mm-hmm. They're just not. They're not willing to accept it. Mm-hmm. And I think they've been so sick of Floyd Mayweather over the, so many years. Mm. And then now, Floyd's return, when he comes back, he's going to fight an MMA guy. If I was a boxing expert or pugilist or anything like that, I'd be like, you know what? Floyd sold out. That's how I would feel. He sold out of the sport of boxing. He's also risking the sport of boxing. Mm -hmm. You know that code you have between fighters and promoters or whatever? He's risking everything because if he loses, boxing takes a serious hit. Yes, sir. Serious hit. I mean, this is a serious blow. Floyd almost has to go out there and knock him out in the first round. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the pressure he has on his shoulders. It is real. And if this is a cash grab and he's not taking it as serious, I mean... I mean, and also, Connor was saying stuff about him having to pay the tax man. Is, that, is there any legitimacy to that? Is he taking this because he's got to... I mean, is that possible? Some people are saying, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know anything about that. You don't know any of that nice yeah. TMZ juice. That's all right. That's I have right. no idea. Who cares? Who cares? But it, if that was true, then it would, in a roundabout way, make Connor more of a legitimate threat because it would be Floyd. It, it would, it would make Floyd motivated to risk his legacy. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? Going back to the boxing media, mm-hmm. I will say one thing, and they can say whatever they want. But I'm just going to throw this out there. Anybody saying they're not buying this fight are lying to you and themselves. Nobody's not buying this fight. The boxing pugilists can be as mad as they want, but this is what it is. Mm-hmm. This is what people want to buy. This is what everybody wants to see. It doesn't matter. You have to embrace MMA. you got to stop being a hater. Mm-hmm. MMA has taken over. Yeah, you just got to get used to it. you got to kill inside. Work with them. You're two different sports or two different brands. Mm -hmm. So, you know, stop hating so much. It's not that bad of a fight. So the one last thing I want to say about the Maymac World Tour was in its cast, 
as in the people working for it, Dana White had one stipulation. And Matt Behal, I think you're going to love this one. He had one stipulation. If there was one thing he could ask for, he pulled this card. I think I know. And there was somebody else supposed to work for Showtime with Brendan Schaub, with Paul Malignaghi, with all the other guys doing the... Everything. Yeah. There's one other guy. He's from the got, media. If you got a, if you got some clout, you want to use up. You might as well use it on. Uh, Ariane. Yes. So <laughs> Ariel got there, and hours before they start, he was tapped He's on the beat. shoulder. He's completely beat, bro. Stephen Epstein-Benosa had to sit him beat. down. And I don't know, I don't know how this thing. I always knew there has to be a grudge there. There's a hate. I say it from listening to the MMA Hour. I tell you every week. I'm like, man, these two. Ariel does everything he can to bury the UFC. He really does. He goes out of his way to like start that controversy, get that drama going, and everything else. And I was like, man, I wonder how Dana White's eventually because he never responds back to it. Mm. And then now, wow. Yeah, man. I mean, he took the Showtime job away from Ariel Hawani. A dream job, mm-hmm. really. He pulled that the card ultimate. and got yeah. him kicked off that broadcast, got him kicked off the team. That's crazy. Oh, Ariel Hawani woke the dog. <laughs> or is that the neighbor's dog? That's the neighbor's dog. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Uh, it's good to know we're reaching people. So out of all or the things you can pull out of your back pocket... All the things you asked for a favor for, Dana White went out of his way to kick Ariel Hawani off. How do you feel about it? <laughs> yeah, that kind of sums it up in a roundabout way. I can, I, I, I wish it could come out of another end, but you know, more or less, that's how I feel. Um, Who do you think was wrong? You think Dana was wrong? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I guess Ariel did kind of stabbed him in the back by leaking the Brock thing Mm -hmm. two days early Mm -hmm. and there's just no need for that and I don't know if I really can blame Dana but one thing I will I don't know man I mean you're you're, you're, you got you got Steve Jobs money like why do you why you like really like what is at at that the point like he's not working for you like you're not even I don't know. I guess I would just have to know all the details. And yeah, I mean, I can't get you into know? the battle. I feel like there needs to know. be a sit-down one day or something. But, Eric Hawani, you might want to get on the better braces of the UFC. You know, you might want to stop. I mean, the thing about media that I really hate is there is a lot of fake news. And like I said, it made me sick. And this happens mm-hmm. a week after. I said it made me sick listening to Eric Hawani trying everything to get Gegard Mousasi to try to say something bad about the UFC. Yeah. He was like working so hard at it, yeah. To where it's like that's fake news. Yeah. Um, I hate that type of stuff. You know, I just want yeah. The you were real talking facts. about last week's episode, yeah. About nine and I was like, ago, wow, yeah. Eric Hawani, he, he keeps doing this stuff, and you know, he promotes Bellator way more, and he, you can tell there's a serious grudge between you and this, him and the UFC. And Eric Hawani's pretty powerful in the MMA game, but nobody's as powerful as Dana White. No. You can only keep messing with that guy. He's a very powerful man for so much, and he's going to come back. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of expect it. Mm-hmm. Now, was it a low blow? Yeah, I mean, this was a, wow, That's rough, this hurt. That's this hurt. I don't know all the facts, so I can't really comment on it 100% because, I mean, 
If I was Dana White and I felt that strong against somebody, I'd probably pull the same card. Yeah. If I if I really had good reasoning. If I felt really betrayed, yeah. But yeah. I mean, I'd have to have really good reasoning. This was this was a serious blow to Ariel Hawani. I mean, he has a great job with MMA fighting. I'm glad to see that he still worked I mean, a lot. I guess if I like viewed someone as a weasel. Yeah. And and this wouldn't have happened without Dana. But it didn't surprise this me. This whole thing would not have happened without yeah. Dana White. It so, did not surprise he me. He does not want this person to benefit from... I mean, you could say this... I mean, this could be the... I mean, could could, could you, if this works, works out, you could almost call this... This could be how they end the Dana White movie, too. You know, mm. like, this really could be the pinnacle, the zenith, the culmination of everything yeah. that he's done up to now. And if as part of it, he doesn't want Ari Hawani to benefit from his hard work, I don't, I don't know if I can hate on that, really. It, this is Dana's doing. Dana's one to, okay, okay, I'm sold, I'm sold, do it, do whatever you want, Dana. All yeah, right. I don't know, I mean, all Deal I'm saying is, arrow, I guess. obviously, I, mean, I always say every week on the MMA Hour, when I listen to it, he's very biased against UFC and Dana White, mm-hmm. and like I said, he just took that harsh stance against Amanda Nunez, like, it seems like everything Dana does, if there's ever a weakness, Ariel Hawani tries everything he does to expose it. Expose it. So if you have somebody in the media like that trying to get at you every time you turn around, you you can't be mad when the shark bites back. I don't know. I think Dana was harder on Amanda Nunez than he should have been, probably. Huh. But I guess he's the businessman boss, and they got the butts in the seats to worry about. So, I don't know. In this WME world, we're not worried about Inter- Interesting take, and I really think... But you know what? The only difference with this time is the last time Erhuani got kicked out for the Brock thing, everybody took his back on that. This time... There hasn't really been a peep. You know, he didn't get that support like he did before. That doesn't make sense. Well, the whole media was like, dude, last time when he did the Brock thing, Dana White took his credentials, kicked him out, and said he can't work any future event as media. He made that decision. Hmm. It's, I don't know if you can really do that if you're the number one guy in the media. Hmm. So it was, it was a very harsh stance, but yeah, he pulled this one. So I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. it's just okay. So he, since he was more strict before, since this is a one-off, I'm only not letting you work this one event. People are not rallying to Ariel Hawani's side, but because after he after Ariel leaked the Brock Lesnar stuff, Dana tried to ban him from all events. That's why people gave him more support then. Mm-hmm. Because this is why. Well, maybe it's also, here's the other thing everybody forgets. Maybe it was because Ariel used to work for Fox, too. And remember, he got fired from Fox for leaking the Diaz-Connor thing, the fight, before Fox could. And FS1 wanted to break that news. See, Ariel Hawani's done some things where, like, he kind of, he was in that inner circle and he would do it for selfish reasons, in my opinion. And I'm entitled to that opinion. I'm sure, yeah, you you got something, you got a breaking news, whatever. You took it, but you gotta be ready for something to come back on you sometimes. And I think it was harsh what happened in Showtime, but I don't know the full story. I'm just looking at what's happened back and forth. That's a serious feud right there. Dana White versus Ariel Hawani. I wonder if they're gonna fight in the octagon one day. <laughs> it's interesting. I don't know. But they obviously hate each other. Dana White I mean, went it's to that one extreme. Of those feuds where it's like the Patriots and the Jets, though. I mean, Dana is Dana. I don't care if Ariel's the number one guy in the MMA media. Dana is the number one guy in MMA. I mean, well, maybe number two. Very true. Very true. And, you know, while we're speaking of Dana White's name, let's 
Let's move away from the MMA media and actually get into mixed martial arts. Ooh, Let's novel. get into it. Let's get into Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. This is definitely not now, ESPN. Now, there's one going on right now as we speak, as we do this podcast. There's a mm-hmm. Tuesday Night Series as we do this on Tuesday night. I can't watch the brand new one week two, but I did get a chance last week to watch week one, and we're always going to be a week late on these things, if we discuss them that much at all. Right. But we're always going to pretty much be a week late on these, just because of the night that we do our podcast. Mm. But my thoughts are, I watched it in a Snoopcast. Okay, <laughs> that's right. I sat there Best and watched it with Snoop Dogg, Uriah Faber, a big bottle of Tangeray, and a joint at times. Nice. From Snoop Dogg, not me, not saying me, I'm just saying Snoop Dogg, you right. know? But, yes, and it was different. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say I loved their commentary. I mean, it's kind of like the Fight Companion ripoff, in my opinion, but not as good as the Fight Companion. Yeah. Um, They have their moments, but they go from, like, really low to really high. Mm. Like, they're just kind of hanging out and watching it. Yeah, well, not just that. Just when they're talking about the in-ring action, they're trying to be comical and whatever, so they're just kind of laid back, and then when something big happens, they're screaming. Nah, so it's not as good on the ears at times. I think I would rather have a professional in there telling me everything about the fighters. I'm one of those stats guys, though. I'm, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people love it because mm. they feel like they're with Snoop Dogg and Uriah Faber and they're watching the fight, which yeah. is pretty cool. But I'm just... They might get better as it goes on. I'm maybe. a guy with professionalism. Yeah. No, there's two different versions. Yeah, and you're right. They could get better. But I like the more traditional version. I like the guy telling me everything about the fighters. The guy that did the research and they know their personal life, their background, Well, I think you're right. History. They need a pro in there to do that, too. They need a stats guy in with... Well, Uriah Faber's pretty good at breaking it down. Oh, okay. He's so not he, bad. So he does he does that to an extent. Yeah. yeah. I think he could do it But they don't have, like, a lead guy. Okay. They don't have that lead guy. You know, Snoop's just chilling. Yeah. I mean, he's a funny dude. He's a very funny guy. I got to give it to Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Still, after all these years, he's still doing his thing. Yeah. Love Snoop Dogg. But, I mean, my thoughts on it was it was a great showcase of young talent. I love it. It's everything I watch in the LFA. It's LFA, but better, maybe, because the production's better. It's it's so good. I, I just love this concept. I'm going to get eight weeks of fights, especially with a time coming up in August where we have one fight in August. That's it. We have one fight, and then we have the McGregor-Mayweather boxing match. But as far as MMA goes, we have one card, and it's just a fight night from Mexico City. It's a good card, but it's not a great card. So we're going pretty much a whole month without mixed martial arts action. But at least Dana White, every Tuesday, you're going to get this contender series now. It's five fights of up and rising, you know, upcoming fighters. It should be spectacular. I love it. I love the concept of it. It's it's now the new NCAA of MMA. Because you have an pr- impressive performance on there, you get a UFC contract. Two guys last week won a UFC contract off that show. Nice. Boston Salmon... Oh, yeah, that's right. Boston and Salmon. Yes. Best name ever. Best name ever. Remember, I said the name first. I told you. I remember the kid. Boston, Boston Salmon. Boston Salmon. And the other guy who got it was Kurt Halabaugh, a veteran. Another guy I brought up last week. I was going to be Philadelphia Trout. Yes, and I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> and I haven't watched it yet, but this week, looking at it, I remember seeing on there, I remember Daniel Spawn. Glenn He's Bird fighting in the main event of light heavyweight. Seems like he has a lot of you know, athletic promise. So we'll see, but really the name to watch on this week's edition has to be Sean O'Malley. This guy, I watched him fight in LFA, and he did some spinning stuff that was just perfect. Brooklyn Park Club. Yeah, this guy striking at like 22, 23 years old looks like a league above everybody. He looks like something to watch in the future. 
and he's fighting on dudes. This one going on now, which I'm so antsy to watch it, <laughs> but he's fighting on it, and I guarantee you, this is my guarantee of the week, he will get a contract at the end. This kid looks phenomenal. I'm not kidding. He is on my radar. Nice. I remembered him watching him in LFA. If I remember somebody from LFA, that means you're spectacular. Mm. So I watch a lot of fights. But yeah, great new series. I'm excited about the future. See what happens. But on to other news. Joseph Duffy. You remember that free agent when I used to talk about him? Oh, yes. The mm-hmm. only, one of the few to have beaten Connor. One of the three men that ever beat Connor, yes. From, and from Ireland as well. Submission. Ireland. Well, I, I thought Bellator should have done everything they did in their power to get that guy signed, but they did not win the bidding war. Mm-hmm. Joseph Duffy is back. In the UFC, he signed a seven-fight, seven-figure contract with the UFC. They want to have him chambered for a future Connor match. I don't even know if it's that. It's just... Well, that's, that's, I think that they helps. They couldn't get Gegard Masasi. I think that helps. They couldn't get Gegard, but they knew they had to sign Joseph Duffy. The UFC keeps making the right decision. I'm telling you, Joseph Duffy was a guy the UFC could not let out of their hands. He's just not. Just the fact that he has a win over Conor McGregor is so powerful. Mm-hmm. It, it, it would mean so much to Bellator to have a guy like that under their, mm-hmm. under their company. Especially since they go to Ireland. He would sell it out. Oh, yeah. It would be big money. But the UFC, like I said, they're still a step ahead. Yep. I mean, that, that signing right there told me that. All it takes for them is will. <laughs> I thought won. Joseph Duffy was the biggest signing probably in the year 2017 that Bellator could have made to be very successful in the future. They tried. Yeah. I got to give it to him, but the UFC outbid him. Yeah. He stays in the UFC, which I'm okay with. Because there's, of course, that lightweight division is stupid good. But the lightweight division in Bellator, there was a lot of good fights for him there too. But at the end of the day, i got to be happy for the UFC. Like I said, I want to continue to see the best fight the best. I want to see the UFC just keep on their rising dominance because I grew up as the biggest UFC fan ever. I loved Pride, but I didn't love Pride like I loved the UFC. I just Mm -hmm. didn't. That's just fact. I mean, the UFC is giving me the fact that they're still doing it this long. This long, they're still doing it, and they're still giving me the best fights possible. I'm very happy as a fan. Well, Pride had to evolve into the UFC. Yeah. You know, in a well, way. Well, UFC bought Pride. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it absorbed into it, but I mean, Pride was, And I miss Pride. I loved it. I yeah. loved Pride, but okay. I still think UFC has done the best job I've ever seen. I have been spoiled as a mixed martial arts fan because of them. And I, I just, I know without them, there wouldn't, it wouldn't be at the level it's at right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and I just have to give respect where respect is due. And I'm happy to see Joe Duffy stay. He's got a lot of fights. I hope they match him up with Ali and Quinta. That's a fight I'm looking at. That's a good fight. There's so many. I could go on and on. But if you want to talk about a dying product, the Ultimate Fighter 26 officially announced their coaches. Oh. Of course, the Ultimate Fighter Season 26. It's an interesting season. I didn't really care much for the redemption season. I love them. Jesse Taylor winning it, but I really didn't care much for the redemption. But this right here, this season means a lot. This season is introducing a new title. Uh, Women's flyweight, 125-pound women are going to compete, probably 16 of them. About a year overdue, if not two (coughs) or three years overdue. They are going to be competing for a brand new title in the UFC. So at the end of this thing, you're not just winning a contract to fight (laughs) in the UFC. You are winning the world title. You got a belt. At 125 pounds. And I'm very interested to see the names they put on there. I'm praying to see Mackenzie Dern. 
I yeah. that's one of the names I can think of off the top of my head. I would love to see. And the other one, I'm gonna throw the out the wild card out there. I haven't heard her sign to a fight yet. The other girl I'm really really hoping goes to 125 is Paige Van Zandt. I was about to say her. In the Ultimate Fighter, I would. I think that's just great TV. Why wouldn't you? Get yeah, some I mean, ratings. Because she has They're trouble making her. 115, right? Yeah. 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 So it'd be she good. would be perfect and at 125. Lost her last fight. And so. she she was going to go on the Ultimate Fighter for the straw weights. But she was too young. She was only not like twenty years old. But isn't she one of the fighters that they're sort of trying to prop up? It seems. Oh yeah, she's oh, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. That helps. I mean, but beyond beautiful. I mean, she looks like a movie star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's perfect. She's a guy, great personality too. Yeah. From as salt. But she's salt a fantastic fighter too. Let's not let the skills pay the bills in this game. You can be a beautiful woman. You can be a good-looking guy. You can be whatever. But if you don't have skills, you are not going to win any mixed martial arts contests. Because they will make you ugly quick. So, I mean, mm-hmm. she's a fantastic... She is a legit fighter. Mm-hmm. So, I'm excited to see what they do. But the coaches for this season is going to be Eddie Alvarez and Justin Gaethje. Now, they just... <sighs> the coaching thing, I'm just kind of tired of. I really wish they could do something else. I mean, I'm kind of tired of the whole Ultimate Fighter scheme. Well, all in all. Maybe those be a Because nice Tuesday Night chapter. Contender Series nice is here. final chapter? I, I don't know. I don't think so. We'll keep I mean, looking like, at They're still doing okay ratings. Yeah. Their ratings rise in the redemption season. So, I mean, it started low, but it ended with over half a million viewers. I don't know if they're going to end it. And they're doing another season. They're putting a tuttle on it. I mean, I think it's kind of weird that two guy coaches are coaching the Ultimate Women's Flyweight. I mean, it's weird, but I guess just because there aren't enough experienced female no i think there is who aren't too busy working on their own careers to coach i think there well, is i guess they probably because i i mean because there's not enough women's divisions you'd have to i guess probably pull from the woman's bantam weight to coach because you don't i wouldn't you can't pull from the straw weight because we already had joanna trajacek versus claudia gadalia and like who else oh, would you really pull to there's really... a curse that goes along with the tough too yeah. What when you, you sign on. There's been so many fights that coaches. didn't happen throughout it. Oh. I mean, because of injuries or whatever. Oh, yeah. And there's like a curse. And then when you, as soon as you hear two fighters get signed up in the Ultimate Fighter, you know they're shelved for at least six months. You're like, all right, we're not seeing that guy right. for so as long. would a coach. Because, because you're... Right? Mm-hmm. Because so, you're taping, and then you got to fight at the end of the tape. Yeah. At the... Yeah. Not even after all of the taping months later after it premieres mm-hmm. and then and after the red hot justin yeah. gaethje just came out and put up the performance like he did i don't want to hear that he's being shelved till the end of the year mm. i want to see that guy get in there immediately yeah. but it is what it is i mean i wouldn't have picked justin gaethje versus eddie alvarez there's not even like a feud there or nothing this is obviously them trying to get justin so gaethje the over. fight at the end too yes, yes they absolutely do i just personally would rather see two veteran guys Veteran coaches or two UFC Hall of Famers. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Maybe some Hall of Famers. I'm tired of the whole, you know, like putting them on there and ugh. I'm just, I'm done with all that. Like, yeah. I just, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I still would have liked to have seen, like, maybe some of the women fighters get up there and get an opportunity. It would have been nice for them to have, I mean, I don't know if for this contender series, is it all men in the new Tuesday? Tuesday night contender series? Do they have? I women mean, men fights? so far, but yeah, I, I'm saying I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rule out women's fights. I well, guarantee just, you they'll be on there. Okay, I was just saying they should have some. If they don't have women fights on there, they should. That would have been a good way to introduce the um, 125 pound division. Also, um, if you had maybe focus on some women. Yeah, that's what well. I was saying. Yeah, maybe I don't know. I'm just done with ultimate fight. Just forget about it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why we're wasting our time <laughs> talking about it. It's just like ugh. I'm excited to see the 125-pound title, but other than that, I mean, I'm just done with that whole gimmick. 
Well, there was some fights this weekend, guys. Really? Yes. I watched a lot from the Tuesday night on the Tuesday night contender series to Friday night where I watched LFA and Bellator. And then, of course, Saturday I didn't watch anything. I was busy. And then Sunday I watched UFC Fight Night from Scotland. So it's been a busy week for me in MMA. And then, of course, I watched all four press conferences of the Money Mac Tour Mm. back to back to back to back. I saw all of them. I watched everything. I can't get enough of this stuff. I, I tell you guys all the time, I'm telling you, I am probably the biggest cage fighting fan you'll ever meet. One of them. I'm just, I love this stuff. I can't get enough of it. I enjoy it. I love just sitting at home with a drink in my hand, watching a fantastic fight card from top to bottom. Not just four fights or five fights. I like watching all of them. I'll give it a chance. You never know when you're going to see the next Conor McGregor. You never know when you're going to see the next Ronda Rousey, Diaz brother, Justin Gaethje, any of these guys. You never know. you got to watch every card with an open mind. Yeah. And I'll start right there. Bellator was on Friday night. I watched. This is the first time, other than the last one they had, their pay-per-view. This is the first time a non-pay-per-view for Bellator. I watched every fight from top to bottom. I saw them all. I was just, I was all Friday. I was bored. I just wanted something to do. So I watched all the fights I could. And in this Bellator performance, they had a very weak main event. I mean, it was a great fight, but it was not a name main event at all. Um, came on a Friday night. Their ratings did 514,000 people watched. I guess that's pretty good. It's half a million. Mm-hmm. They say it's low for a Friday night, but I don't know. I don't know if that's really good or not. But there was nobody in significant name value fighting on this card. Felt like a Strike Force Challenger series or something. But the biggest thing I took away from this Bellator showing was I felt like their commentary was A level and their fighters were B level. Because <laughs> Mara Ranallo and Jimmy Smith really did do a fantastic job at the commentary booth. I gotta give credit where credit is due. They were absolutely phenomenal. I love Mara Ranallo and Bellator. I love Mike Goldberg and Bellator. I love Jimmy Smith. I like the whole team they got building there. It's it's just a fantastic job. If they start getting better fighters and get their fights up, they can actually produce some quality entertainment and like legit mixed martial arts to watch. No Titan Trons. Get rid of them, please. There's no Titan Trons at this event. That's what made it better. Yeah. You just walk to the cage, fight. Well, they started to scale back from the pro wrestling-ish, pyrotechnic-ish. No, they didn't at the pay-per-view. They'll do them for their big events still. I just wish they would do away with them. They're still going to do it. They didn't scale it back? No, they did it. Well, this is because this was a lesser show. Right. So for the the pay-per-view, they had scaled back. No, they scaled up. It was a big Titan Tron. They had graphics while they were walking down. It was... (laughs) Very pro wrestling. Okay. It reminded me of WrestleMania because I don't watch much pro wrestling anymore, but I do watch. Well, what WrestleMania. about the costumes and the regalia and all of that stuff? Was that yeah? They still do it. They didn't for the just pay-per-view? none of the fighters did. Yeah, if they want to do it, they'll do it. Okay. They're allowed. But on that note, you know, I was entertained. It wasn't a bad card at all. I watched the undercards, and I'll tell you what, I felt like I saw two stars, you know, potential stars for Bellator. I mean, on the undercard, Logan Storm Storley looked great. Improved the 6-0. and The guy's trained by Henry Hooft. He's a very legit guy. Hmm. I think everybody needs to give him a chance. I mean, this is why I feel like you need to have events. Because stars are born every night. You just have to keep putting on fights. You have to have a consistent product. Yeah. Some are good, some are bad. But you got to take the good from the bad and put them on future events with the other good. You just have to stay consistent. 
Uh, Rafael Lovato Jr., 185-pound division, also improved to 6-0. Finished his guy by rear naked choke. Now this guy looks like a serious future contender. I've been buzzing about him for a while now. I thought Bellator got a great fighter when they signed him. Him and Logan Storley. These are two guys I think you need to watch out for in the future for Bellator. This is why you got to have even the small shows. The main card did not have a lot of good fights. But these two guys were on the undercard who are going to fulfill main card slots in the future. Mark my words. You know, on to the main card though. The only thing I took away from it was John Salter won by this, you know, submission in the 185 pound division. He really is the sleeper there. A lot of people aren't talking about him, but he has 14 finishes in his career. The guy's a killer. He's a good Pretty fighter. Good. He just needs his time. And then, of course, the main event was fireworks. Derek Campos wins after second round due to a doctor stoppage over Brandon Gertz. Brandon Gertz had such a big cut on his forehead. I mean, if you were into the Just Bleed Gods and you really like to watch a war. stoppage was like a crazy wrestling move where he, I don't know, <laughs> pounded on his heart and slammed him on his back or something. Yeah. But they need to rebook this rematch immediately. I mean, that was on its way to like a fight of the year. So he had a heart candidate. issue? Is that what you said? No, he had a big cut on his forehead. Oh. I'm talking giant. That's right. I said that. They had to stop hearts. it. Lots of blood. Lots of blood. The Just Bleed Gods, if you're into those type of fist <laughs> fights, this was the fight for you. Congrats. Absolutely <laughs> was. Good for you. But, I mean, overall, Guess like I said, like, like, it had some good fights. Like, I'm looking into Bellator's future. They announced a couple fights on that card. Bellator pretty much announced their cards for the next couple months, and they don't have a lot. I don't know if they plan on booking more. But, I mean, I'm looking at right now, between now, this one, and October... October 20th being their latest one, they only have four events. I really feel a lot of their gas went away with that New York City Bellator pay-per-view. I think they put all their chips in one deck. Whether it paid off for them or not, I don't know because I don't know what the pay-per-view buys are. But I'm not hearing they're good. Mm. I think, ah, you know, a big thing, you can listen back to podcasts of the past. I said, I thought Bellator was on their best run when they just kept rolling with the shows. Mm-hmm. Main events would get canceled, it didn't matter. They still put out product you just need to be they just be kept being, being yes the they weren't having just one event a month mm-hmm. or even two events a month i felt like they were getting up to almost three events a month they were having two to three mm-hmm. you know that consistency level and since they had bellator new york city they had been very quiet before the pay-per-view and now they're very quiet after the pay-per-view their <laughs> next card isn't till august 25th there's no excuse for that in my opinion mm-hmm. you shouldn't at a time where the ufc is taking a month off you're taking a month off too what are you doing? Yeah. You should be on every weekend they're out. Mm-hmm. You should know this. You should have already been booking venues. That's sloppy. But I think they put all their chips in that one card. Mm-hmm. And now it's going to be a while until they have another decent card. Or at least big one. I mean, I'm not hating on their main events. August 25th, Andre Karshkov versus Chidi Inchigawani. I'll watch it. It's not great, but I'll watch it. And then followed up by that, September 23rd. That's what I'm saying. They have... You know, August 25th, and then their next event isn't until September 23rd. Yeah, that's, that's a whole month. Like, Benson Henderson versus Patricky Pipple, that's a good fight, but man. Mm. Like, that's it? I mean, we got to go like two months and that's it? And then, of course, they have two events in August where they announced on August the 6th, Eduardo Dantas against Darion Caldwell. That's a fight I'm very interested in. That is a good fight, but it's not going to draw TV ratings. 
And I'm just being honest, guys. It's not not my idea. It's just I know people aren't going to watch that one. Mm. It's just not going to happen. And then October 20th, they announced it looks like a little bit bigger of an event. Their hot new free agent, Gegar Mousasi, will be fighting former middleweight champ Alex Shemenko. And I'm not going to lie. Little disappointed in that uh, signing. Okay. I'll tell you more about it later, but right now I'm just like, and okay. You're disappointed in that matchup? Yeah, co-main event, King Movers, Liam McGeary. So that's what we have from Bellator, their next four events in the next three months or so. I got to say, I'm not very impressed, Bellator. I'm not very impressed. These are your main events. I mean, they're, they're not bad main events, but you guys should be doing better than that. But we'll move on from the future of Bellator into UFC Fight Night 113. Coming straight from Scotland, this game, this one was also on a weird time. It was on Sunday during the day. I think at like a 3 o'clock time slot for the main card, Eastern Time. So their attendance in Scotland was 10,589 paying customers, and their gate was $1.2 million. And this was not a strong card, guys. This is one of their weaker cards they built up this year, and mm-hmm. Scotland still came. Scotland still came out. I nice. think that's a very strong showing from somewhere in that region for that type of card. Very, very good. They will go back to Scotland next year. Yeah. Mark my words. Their ratings were okay. I mean, it was a Sunday day. Their ratings were 402,000 viewers. Now, I don't know if Sunday day or Saturday night. But if I'm looking at it, Bellator got higher ratings. Hmm. They had 514,000 viewers. UFC had 402,000. I don't know if timing had something to do with that. But it is what it is, guys. In my eyes, I just look at it this weekend, Bellator won. They had more people watch it. Yeah. I don't know who went more viral or more social media expressions or who watched it later or whatever. But right now, what I'm looking at, Bellator won. Period. UFC had the better event by a mile. I mean, these fights were entertaining. This was a good night of fights. In the main event, Santiago Ponzanibio came out of nowhere as the dark horse and knocked out Gunnar Nelson in the first round. Hmm. And I thought this was a great performance by Santiago Ponzanibio. I thought he looked fantastic. That was a big knockout. That left straight he threw that knocked him out was a thing of beauty. Until after the fight... Gunnar Nelson at first, I dismissed it. I thought Gunnar Nelson was just complaining and looking for an excuse, but he said he got eye poked. And he said after the eye poke, he was seeing double. And then when yesterday when I was looking at it, I saw some gifts and I saw some playbacks. You actually see the eye pokes from Santiago Ponzanibio in the Gunnar Nelson's eyes. Wow. Intentional? I don't think so, but still not Should have called the kosher. Fight. Fight should have been um, Gunnar Nelson, and you saw the immediate impact from Gunnar Nelson right after. He got knocked out very shortly after. Yeah. And I kind of had to blame that on, on Gunnar Nelson. He should have warned something to the referee. If you're seeing double standing there from something that was not a punch or kick and you knew it was an eye poke, yeah. you should have said something to the referee. Mm-hmm. And he might have looked at it because instant replay would have showed it. And it's a shame. It kind of has an asterisk next to this win now, but... Yeah, Gunnar Nelson was right. He did get poked in the eye. Do I think it was intentional? No, but it is what it is. Lost the fight because of it. Going to be a little controversial. I mean, 
I don't know who's wrong. I don't think you could. I didn't see it when I was watching live. I didn't notice it. The referee was probably in an awkward stance. I don't think he could have noticed. It. I mean, it was so quick. Yeah. You just don't see those things. These guys are moving at the speed of lightning. Yeah. Honestly, I think Gunnar Nelson should have told the ref, like, hey, something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. You know, and it is what it is. But I do have an asterisk there. Maybe a rematch is needed. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do now. But in the co-main event, Cynthia Cavillo seems to be the, the girl the UFC really likes and trying to push for their future. She picked up the W. It was it okay fight. I didn't hate it as much as some people did, and I thought Cynthia Cavillo won. Some people are saying the other girl, JoJo, won. I don't think so. I had it scored for Cynthia. So it is what it is. Paul Felder destroyed the hometown hero, Stevie Ray, with brutal punches and elbows. Knocked him out cold in the middle of the octagon. What a great performance. Congratulations, Paul Felder. And then one weird thing. Khalil Roundtree knocks out Paul Craig in a light heavyweight affair. And then I know some people hated him afterwards because he kind of stood over his limp body and just wouldn't go away. It was kind of classless. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. With that being said, though, Khalil Roundtree looked absolutely amazing. His stand-up looked ten times above the level of what Paul Craig was. But... The most interesting thing I found, that UFC Performance Center they built was built just, what, like two months ago it opened? We were about talking that, about this? Yeah, I would say about a month and months? a half or yeah, so. In the post-fight right. speech, Khalil Roundtree would always way to credit the UFC Performance Center for his performance. Wow. Already. That quick. He's from Las Vegas, Nevada. Sign up for boot camp. <clears throat> He's kids. using the Performance Center. Supposedly any fighter can use it. <clears throat> if that's what the Performance Center is producing, because... The level of skill I saw from Khalil Roundtree in this fight from the last time I saw him fight went way up. If that's what they're producing at that performance center, Bellator is not going to touch the UFC for a long time. It's just it's not like, going like to happen. I picture them all like, in like a summer camp kind of atmosphere. <laughs> and only two <laughs> months of it being open, you're already getting credit for it in post-fight speech from a young up-and-coming fighter. Something's, something good is happening there. Just a whole bunch that, full of Yeah, UFC if I was UFC, I would be very happy about whipping that. Whipping each other with wet towels and stuff. <laughs> and anybody that saw the fights, I just got a question. I know you all are listening out there. Justin Willis versus James Mulherin. What happened there? How did that fight get main card? Those two guys were did not, they looked like big country. I didn't get it, guys. I didn't feel like that was high-level martial arts. I didn't feel like that was a UFC-caliber fight, honestly. That was weird. That was a different one. I, I, I wasn't. I don't know. I talked to my brother about it, John Man 5000. I was like, what happened there? He didn't get it either. He was like, I don't know, but that fight sucked. I was like, yeah, I agree. I really do agree. But the one thing that went viral and everybody's talking about, Galore Bufondo. His slam KO at Charlie Ward. If you haven't seen it yet, look it up. Ooh, yeah. It is the, it's Whew. unique. I've never seen something like that happen before. This guy one. is like a kung fu master, and Charlie Ward grappled him, and he just kind of like threw him off and shrugged him, and he landed he, face, found, face first on the mat and was knocked, knocked out cold. Knocked out, yeah. Damn. Pretty spectacular. If you haven't seen it, look it up. It is something to definitely watch. And then, of course, coming on this weekend, I wanted to point out the Chris Wyman versus Kelvin Gaslam fight in Long Island on Fox. Jimmy Rivera versus Thomas Almeida and Dennis Bermudez versus Darren Elkins. Those are three fights you have to watch if you are a mixed martial arts fan. I just I don't see how they can be born. 
In the LFA, I'll be watching on Friday night, Tiago Morris, who's 9-1 in the lightweight division against Robert Watley, who is 7-1. That's an interesting fight in the LFA. So I got Friday, I got Saturday covered, and then all types of weird stuff is going on. ACB is coming on like tomorrow, and then just three or four days later, they're throwing on an event. And who knew? Tiago Silva, the light heavyweight, is still fighting. <coughs> Pat Healy is on this card. Leandro Silva and Nicholas Backstrom. Just because of those name alone and the buzz ACB has been creating lately, I feel like feel compelled to just give it a try. So I'm going to give it a try. But moving on from that now. It is time. This is where we separate the weak from the strong. The strong and the weak. Okay, I'll be starting with my weak. And uh, I am calling out... In my week, Joe knows MMA, the so-called MMA historian, Ooh. who didn't get, who got so not one cool. but two things wrong on last week's podcast. Ooh. And uh, fact check <laughs> to the extreme. So first, we'll start out with uh, he um, said last week on the podcast that there are twenty thousand people in Los Angeles watching the Maymac World Tour when there was actually only 11,000 people. So, sorry about that. The second, this is the worst one because Joe first called out Matt by correcting him on how to spell Justin Gaethje. Joe decided to correct Matt with how to spell it and then went on to correct him with the wrong spelling (laughs) again. (laughs) But I was, I was, but I was closer. (laughs) Okay, so I kind of I kind of went like the Nietzsche route and just put a plugged a few letters in there. That's kind of I think that's kind of what I went. Yeah. with. Yeah, that's what I would go with now if I had to predict again. So for, was, and for half a second, I was like, "Oh, I'm right." Oh no. no and then no, Joe no, Joe uh, decided right. to say, "Oh no, it's spelled this way," and proceeded to add some kind of C in there. Anyway, Gaethje, uh Joe and Matt is spelled actually G A E T H J E. So there's a, there's a J in there. Just, just so you know, future reference. Get the fighters' names right. I don't think you want to get them wrong. Look, I am going to be the first guy. I think I need to make a fighter dictionary. Because these names are messed up, man. Yeah. I think Justin Gates should just spell his name wrong. So I will now go on to my strong. Um, so my strong for this week, um, I, I'm going to give a shout-out to the Money Mac World Tour. I actually... I didn't get to watch all of the press conferences live, but I did get to watch the um, the one in Toronto, which was by far the best one of, of all of them. If you haven't heard of it, it was also known as the flag versus the bag. So it was the most entertaining press conference I've seen out of all any press conference, UFC, anything. It was nothing like I've ever seen before, and I don't think I'll ever see anything like that again. I mean, if you haven't seen it, you have to watch it. It was it was. Very entertaining, both of them going at it. I mean, it was trash talking at its best. Um, it, it was awesome, and I just, you know, you know, definitely go watch it if you haven't seen it. Leave it. But I can't see how anybody haven't hasn't watched it yet. That's what everybody's talking about. You done? I am done. All right. <laughs> After you had to disrespect me <laughs> and call me out, not once but twice. Yep. Whatever, dude. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go ahead. Joe knows MMA. 
the MMA historian, Joey Knuckles. I don't care what you call me. Just listen. <laughs> this week's MMA Strong was very simple to me. It dawned on me the other day, Demetrius Johnson wins an ESPY for Fighter of the Year. He won. This is a ESPY that is voted by the fans. Oh. The fans vote for this thing. Then and why that's didn't weird. they buy his pay-per-view? Like, this it, is it, was, it was free. It wasn't even Fox. a pay-per-view. It was watch free. How come nobody watched him? Nobody watched him. Who I were mean, these people that voted for him? Nobody really, watched the fight. I didn't for, watch it. Nobody watched it. This is for Fighter of the Year of 2016, I assume. I mean, it's the 2017 ESPYs, but it has to be for 2016. Because 2017 is only halfway through. Yeah. So I don't really get it, but, I mean, he won over Conor McGregor. Triple G? I mean, Conor McGregor in MMA alone, he had a better year than Conor McGregor in 2016. He had a better year than Triple G in 2016. I believe the other Who one was Conor Andre Wood. Who did Conor beat in 2016? Nate Diaz and won the lightweight world championship in New York. Okay. Against Eddie Alvarez. I mean, Demetrius and Johnson. Mighty Mouse beat, I guess, two or three No, he nobodies. didn't tie the record. Yeah, he didn't tie the record for title defenses until 2017 of this year. So this is really weird. I don't get it. Hey, look, I didn't do it. This is supposedly voted by the fans. It's ESPN When gig. did they vote, though? It is an ESPY. When did But they somehow, vote? I don't know. Demetrius Johnson got it over. Conor McGregor, Triple G. I was astounded. And at first, I was like, it's very debatable. How did that happen? I don't understand it. But you know what? At the end of the day, I had to think about it. Why is it the strong? Because I don't care. This is now the third year in a row that an MMA fighter has won the ESPY oh, this was your for Fighter of the Year. Sneaky. Third year in a that. row. <laughs> Third year in a row, an MMA guy That's or dope. woman has won ESPY for Fighter of the Year. What was it, Connor last year and Ronda the year before? Yes. Okay. And this is why boxing pugilists are mad. And this is why boxing pugilists has to get with F the F times em. and realize MMA is more popular They right just now. need to read Connor's pinstripes. Exactly. But I'm just happy to see that MMA has taken over the sport of boxing. This is one of those indicators. Now, how he won, I don't know. That's a debate for another day. But hey, at least it was our side. At least it was somebody in the it's MMA community. The vote was more recent. And I can hang my hat year. on that. That's for, that's for damn sure. <laughs> and now on to my week. I'm talking to you, Scott Coker. Bellator Brass. You guys just signed. From the UFC, the number four middleweight in the world. A guy, a man, that possibly could be the champion in the UFC, and that's why this was a big signing. There is no doubt in my mind, if Gegard Masasi went into a fight with Michael Bisping, Gegard would be the favorite. If he went into a fight with Robert Whitaker, it would be at least a pick em, if not the favorite. That's just fact. Gegard Mousasi was on a five-fight winning streak and looked unstoppable. Great signing, Bellator. But his first fight when you bring him in is not even a title fight. This guy fights at 185 and 205. And you couldn't get him a better fight than Alexander Shemenko? There it is almost no sounds like they made him up. <laughs> interest into this fight. Shemenko. One thing I know... That I said to myself when Gegard Mousasi signed with Bellator, I went, yeah, you know what? I want to see that Gegard versus Alexander Shemenko fight. Yeah. Said nobody ever. <laughs> there is 
Rafael Carvalho, your middleweight champion. There is Ryan Bader at light heavyweight, which will make a lot of sense for now. And there's Rory McDonald that wants to go up from welterweight and fight a middleweight and get Rory McDonald versus Giga. You have names. And the best you came up with was Alexander Shemenko. You have this guy for six fights, and you're really going to waste his first fight on that one? Shame on you. There is much better fights to be made than that. Get it together, man. What happened? What happened there? And Gegard, I thought you left to get a title shot. What? You had Luke Rockhold on the table, which would have been a fantastic fight. I would have paid to see that. So instead, you left to go fight Shemenko. This has to be for money. There is nothing else you could possibly tell me. You're not even going there and getting a title shot. That's what you were complaining about. This makes, come on, get, what happened, really? Somebody tweet me, twit me, answer me, email me, Facebook me, I don't care. I need answers for that one. I'm out. Maybe you gotta beat a schmanker <laughs> before you can get a title. You gotta beat the made-up guy. Thanks for coming to the cage, maniacs. We love when you stop by. Please tell your friends about us. Like, share, retweet, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. There you should also grab our sister production, Better Health and World, to devour good health, life, and everything that speaks to maximizing the human experience. Follow Joe Newbauer at Joe Knows MMA, Gabrielle Thamboin at Gabby underscore T, and me, Matt Kokomo Jr. at Matthew J. Better. Oh yeah, and catch all the shows at Better Hall. That's at Better H-A-W. We love you guys and girls. Peace.